Bible Podcast. As we are back for our 129th episode, my name is Chris Salona. I'm joined by Ethan Shalloway as per usual on this lovely Monday, September 11th, or in the future after September 11th. So here we are, Ethan, for the 129th time. Uh, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, Chris. It is... Yeah, we're recording this uh, right before the weekend, which we are actually seeing each other this weekend. We got yeah, man. a loaded weekend ahead of us, so we are, um, yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. I mean, there's a whole lot going on during the month of September. Like I said, today is Thursday, so NFL football starts tonight. I'm Thursday, a huge September Chiefs fan. 7th, yep. I'm a huge Chiefs fan, so I'm really excited. Like I said, you're driving into Philly tomorrow, and I'm going to hang out with you. We're going to go to a concert on Saturday. Yeah, man. And then a uh, full slate of NFL football on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really pumped up. It's a good time of year. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that that you're that you're doing well and you're in a How good mood. You? How about you? <laughs> I'm no, I'm 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 good. I'm just uh, I I've I've severely overloaded my September calendar, um, and now now that it's time for me to complete that which I have overloaded myself with. Um, it's going to be really difficult, uh, but that's why we do things around here. We do things for the difficult. Um, you know, that's what we have Full to do. Full paranoia. Full paranoia, exactly. So we've we've reached that point in the year. Um, like we said last week, this is the birthday month, um, and I'm really looking forward. Um, one thing I've noticed the last couple of years, Ethan, we've done a good job about seeing one another uh, more frequently than we did when we were in college and spending time together, going to shows and, and just, you know, doing what we got to do. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm very happy, happy about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's easier when at least you live close to home because mm -hmm. um, you're not in college anymore and I'm not in college right. anymore. So I come back to home and we just... A little bit easier schedules, travel it's been schedules. Over, it's been over five years, man, since I since we've been out of college. Yeah, it's kind of wild. It's me. funny. Just just this week, my uh, my college's athletic department they emailed me. They're doing like a where where are they now series, and for some ungodly reason, they want they they want to know where I am now. Uh, they want to awesome. know my yeah. my occupation, what I do, uh, lessons that I learned from my cyclone, my Iowa State student athlete experience. Um, I just I should just say you know sometimes yeah you just bought I bought a microphone and now I'm a and I'm a cisgender white guy with a podcast <laughs> with five hundred thousand followers with, to with his half Instagram. a mil yeah, yeah we, that's we right. didn't we talk about that Chris we haven't talked about it five hundred thousand followers that. on Instagram um, well, that's that's a lot of people that almost went under the radar we should just do an episode about uh, big things coming in the future Chris <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now we're gonna we hit a million big things happening behind the scenes Ethan I don't have it in me to reach a million man. I mean, did you think you had 500,000 in you? No, I didn't. But I mean, it's been like seven years. Oh, my gosh, dude. Numbers and years, man, they just keep rolling and keep going up. I mean, <clears throat> 500 is... It, 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 I mean, we talk about it a lot, too. The numbers just are, you know, I'm comfortably numb over here. Yeah. The, yeah, the numbers are what they are. The numbers, who knows if they're real, fake, whatever. Exactly. You know what? Actually, I do want to. I do want to say this, Chris. For the amount of bots that are out there in the world of internet, mm -hmm. we don't like. We do not have the problem that uh, people do. No, we don't. That, that, we that's really don't some, have. Sometimes, any. sometimes when the bots come commenting, I, I throw them out of the club. You know, I, I delete. Yeah, I, I usually yeah, I delete I the comments and block them. A few deletes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but like. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of problems out there with bots. So, oh yeah, probably, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is what so it we're, is. 
we're streamlined, you know? Yeah, we are streamlined. You know, we run a tight ship around a, around yeah. a grunge Bible, especially on the grunge Bible podcast. Um, Ethan, I, I think, you know, as, as things go, we have, we have streaks with this podcast where we're really hammering some, some in-depth grunge content, which I think gets a lot of new people to the podcast. You know, for example, they see, they see, we share something like, Hey, we did an hour and a half on temple of the dogs album. And they're like, Oh cool. I want to listen to that. And then when we post like, Hey, we did a, we did an hour on, on softball and, and, and going back to school. Um, you know, people don't really click on that, but that's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we have to make episodes, um, primarily for us because we can be selfish a little bit but also for the people that listen each week you know that know us and that might have a have a marginal rooting interest in the ebbs and flows of our lives and the various stories of lore that we want to share and i'm you know this this is gonna this is one of those episodes that's coming up but we have some good good grunge stuff to discuss um today but we're gonna kind of you know rapid fire like pti style a bunch of different things today that we need to talk about um mm -hmm. there's certain things you know this is our space to talk um you know, you have your spaces and, and this is ours. So this is what we're going to do today. Yeah, I like, I like the idea or I like to believe that um, people are interested in the banter that we provide. So yeah. um, sometimes it's good to talk. I mean, I don't know. Do people want to hear about grunge every single week? I mean, it's a good outlet. So I think people just, they just want to be entertained, right? <laughs> exactly. So hopefully, hopefully, we're, hopefully we're entertaining. Uh, that's that's not up to me to decide, but we're able to attempt to be entertaining because of the large volume of support that we have uh, rolling into our 129th episode. Um, so as you are most likely familiar by now, there's a couple of really good ways that you can support us. In addition to watching the show, reviewing it, maybe sharing it with some of your friends, um, you can purchase some merchandise. Uh, the link to our merch store uh, is in the show notes. And also you can support us on Patreon, which is a lovely website, which allows creators such as ourselves uh, to solicit monthly uh, contributions from people that value whatever it is that those creators create. Um, and we have three tiers over on Patreon. We have a $2, a $5 and a $10 a month level. Um, and Ethan, we have a new uh, $2 a month Patreon supporter. We've got some new skin in the game. We can ring the bell a little bit today. I would like to welcome Russell Emery to the Patreon, the Patreon ranks. So Russell, Russell's here. We did it. Russell is here. Love Feels it. Thank good. you for, thank you for taking the time to support us. Yeah, I said $2 for four, $2 a month. That's four episodes. I think it's worth it. I think it's a good deal. It's very fiscally responsible. Um, so Russell joins a large uh, quantity of, of Patreon supporters uh, and leading the way are the top level supporters. Um, and once again, we have a very strong list. It's been a very consistent list. And that list, as it stands currently, is Pile of Punk, D-Boat, Eric R. Berry, Sherry Matthews, Gochu John, Keith White, Corden Stewart, Epona, Julie Van Siever, Brother Nature, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Faith Bittner, Granny Grunge, Fresh Tendonitis, Alex Long, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Captain Hightop, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Black Hole Sean, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Millie, Rachel Corning, Doug Endy, Laura Nyreen, Jamie Lynn, the Blue Owl, Fuck Soup, Carlene Salona, Jade Mercado, Alexis Shannon, and Marianne. And uh, a notable uh, piece of information, you know, there's a lot of different ways to support us. You can pick one or you can pick multiple. And Keith White uh, just recently made some uh, some merchandise purchases. I think he picked up some Grunge Bible beanies, a uh, black one and a white one. So he's, he's going to be all ready for when those colder weathers, you know, those colder temperatures come rolling in. So we're really excited about that and very grateful for Keith's uh, support uh, and all of the conversation that we've had with him. Big Keith. He's awesome. Yeah. Keith White's the man. 
He's really solid, really solid dude. Always gives us his lists. If we make a list of our top 10, whatever, he usually um, comes back and gives us some feedback. So, which I love. I think that's super fucking cool. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to hear, you know, other people's perspectives on this because, you know, as much as I, as much as I like talking about this stuff, it's fun to listen to. Yeah. Because then when you're listening, you don't have to talk. Oh, yeah. Um, so where do you want to start, Chris? We have a hodgepodge well, episode of some you know, stuff. As I say, I think I say this every single time there's like a piece of grunge news. I always give a preamble of like, oh, well, like with this genre, there's it's not very often that there's new stuff to, to report on and discuss. Um, so I'm not going to give that preamble today. I just summarize the fact that I always do it. Um, but we do have some cool, interesting news. I think is a really cool thing that's been starting to happen over the last uh, you know few years. Um, so Guild Guitars uh, just partnered with Kim Thiel to release a Kim Thiel signature guitar. Um, and it's really, really cool. They collaborated with Kim uh, to put this thing together. And it's the uh, the Polara model. Um, and it's, uh, it's really fucking awesome. It's the guitars, you know, exactly as he used to play it. So they released a kind of uh, Gen Pop one in black. Uh, and there's a very special edition one in white. He used to use the white one uh, a lot in like 1990, 1991 or so. Um, and the white one is limited to 30 pieces worldwide. Um, and I, I don't know what the price tag is on, on, on either of these. I imagine the 31 is going to be very expensive. Um, but the black you one know, runs at eight ninety nine. It looks like eight ninety nine. Okay. But yeah. I mean, for to, to channel, to channel your inner thile, I mean, if you're socioeconomically bad. advantaged that you can do that, I mean, that, that sounds pretty good. That's not bad, but I just think it's really cool. Um, you know, here we are over 30 years after Bad Motor Finger, and we're coming up on 30 years since Super Unknown, which I think, you know, most people would consider to be the peak of Soundgarden. And it's so cool that there's still the interest level, uh, you know, both by these companies and by the fans and these musicians, you know, musicians around the world. There's an interest level in these artists still to the point that, you know, Guild Guitars could collaborate with Kim and put something together like this. Um, and, you know, it's just further confirmation that this genre and the people who, who, who comprise the genre, you know, we're doing some really special things and are some really special people. Um, this one was super cool. Um, our, our friend Matt at Let's Play All Guitar uh, actually got to uh, got his hands on the black one and he released a demo um, on the day that the um, that the guitar was released. So that's nice. really, really cool. So it's it's cool. You know, we were able to post um, we were able to cross post that a little bit, too. And, and Guild was uh, they, they followed us and they, they shared some of the Soundgarden louder than love stuff that we were posting, you know, because it was prominently featuring the mighty Kim Thile and his uh, you know, his, his Polara guitar. So, um, really, really awesome stuff. And, you know, as I said, Kim's not alone as it relates to the grunge rock guitarists. Um, there's two others notably that have partnered with different companies to create, um, to create their signature model. So Jerry Cantrell has one with GNL, uh, and then Mike McCready partnered with Fender, um, to recreate his famous 1960 Fender Stratocaster. Uh, the coolest thing about McCready's 60 Strat is that until he began talking with Fender to, to, to create this reissue, obviously they were looking at the guitar and everything. Mike was under the impression that his 60 Strat was a 59 Strat and it's, it's pretty well, well publicized. Uh, he's obsessed with the number 59. He's got a tattoo of it. I think he owns a 59 Les Paul and for a long time until very recently, he thought he owned a 59 Strat, but it turns out it's a 60 Strat, but it's super, super awesome. I mean, how many amazing performances he's done with this one. Um, I always think of his yellow Ledbetter performances, 
with that really, really weathered 60s strat with the with yeah. the sunburst pattern, all the wood chipping off. Really, really, really awesome. I'm I'm such a fan of weathered strats. There's um there's Stratocasters are awesome, man. Oh yeah. They, man. They're such a beautiful looking guitar. I love I love the sun the sunburst and it's just it is a really, really cool guitar to be holding on stage. Yeah. I mean, the all, it's one of the most the iconic ones. Yeah, yellow. I mean that it's one and like like Les Paul Gold Top, I think, or like the red Les oh, Pauls, yeah. or like the the maroon Gibson SG with the black pit guard. I mean, these are some iconic guitars. Um, so this reissue um, of the 1960 Strat that the you know Fender and McCready partnered on, um, it is uh, it's like factory aged, and and that's become fairly popular you know you buy it you buy a new you know a reissue from like the 50s or the 60s and they reissue and they kind of weather it so it looks like it's been around and it's been played what are your opinions on that ethan do you have do you have an opinion on, on on guitar companies artificially aging their guitars i was just i was literally looking at some stuff and I, yeah i guess the, the aging like an aged guitar where it's mm. all like you know kind of beat up and, and just lighter is, is such a good look. It's so cool when it's authentic. So right. when you say that it's fake and it's like, you know, made like that, um, I don't really like it. I don't, I, I think I'm against it. Like, I like the idea that it has a lot of, you know, a lot of hours played and all this stuff. And I feel like that's the easy answer to be like, you know, I, I want it to be original, but you know, those things are, you know, they're all relics. So that, you know, and especially if they didn't play that long, I was just thinking like if something, you know, if something breaks or, you know, I mean, it's really hard. I mean, you got to put it back together all the time. So it's hard mm -hmm. to try to keep things so weathered in good conditions. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would, I think I'd, I think I'd buy a, a normal one and then just try to play it as much as I can so I can weather it myself, but that's not possible. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I, I think like the, the weathered look is such a testament to where that instrument has been uh, and the hours and, 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 you know, the people have put in on it. So personally, I, I don't really love like the factory aging process either. I think it's kind of a, a cheap way to get what you want. You know, you got to earn it. It's the same, you know, I don't, you don't, you don't artificially get calluses on your hands. Yeah. You know, you get it by, you know, by working hard, you know, doing yeah, different stuff. You can't stuff. just, you can't just have long hair. You have to put in the time. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can't do it. I mean, there's, there are ways, but I mean that they're, whether they're ethical or not, who's to say, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's cool. You know, I think as like a, as a tribute to to Mike and everything like that, but um, and and a lot of these guitars, you know, there's, there've been a lot of reissues as well. But um, I just I love the fact, though. I mean, you can't get better than the real thing. And a lot of these musicians, I mean, absolutely iconic guitars. I mean, I think I just saw him twice. Bruce Springsteen has this um, has this Fender Telecaster that he's been playing for literally fifty years, um, and it's at the point that like the thing is so old, he's used it for absolutely everything. In fact, one time he was in Europe and it broke, and they overnighted it back because there's this one guy in the United States who works on Bruce's guitars naturally. Um, they overnighted it, got it fixed, and got it back in time for the next show. Uh, Neil Young has this famous Les Paul called Old Black that he's used for years and years and years. Um, I just love that fact. Um, you know, a lot of these they, the stories that these guitars could tell. I mean, McCready has a has a has a Les Paul, I think that um, uh, was was one I think owned by the guitarist in Van Morrison's band back in the '60s, uh, and and you know he was able to to purchase it, or I think it was a gift or something. And you know, just all of these, it's kind of like the much cooler version of like you get a twenty dollar bill in your hand, and you're like, think of all the people that held this and what it was used for. Um, you know, and, and <laughs> you know everything that goes with that. So yeah. you know, I need a hundred dollar bill. All I have is a twenty. She'll do. <laughs> yep, she'll do. So would you, if you had a guitar for fifty years and 
it went up, you know, 5,000% in value because they can sell these guitars for 25 grand, you know, 30 yeah. grand or more. Um, would you part ways with something that you put in so much time into? Um, cause I think it, it like depends if, I, donate- if I'm still enjoying it, if I'm still enjoying it, I'm going to hold on to it, you know, and I'll die and let whoever, you know, deal with, deal with it. Right. I'll just like pass it along yeah. the line. But I, I, I don't know something like that. That is as much like, it feels more intimate than just like an item. Exactly. And, and like, I don't, I'm not ever really somebody to speculatively purchase things because I think they're going to go up in value and, and with the intent to sell them. Um, so I, I think with that in mind, like, I, I don't think I would sell. It's funny. So I, I own an electric guitar um, and like I bought it for like $300 and I was looking like last year or something. And like some of them, my ex- the exact model that I have go for like like a grand now or like 1200, which is ridiculous uh, because like, I don't play it that much. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm really so bad you, at you it. Could, actually, you could sell that for a thousand dollars. I played probably... the stonks a little bit. Yeah. But I, I like it, you know? So sometimes, you know, it's better for me. Like I'm lucky enough. I'm in the position where like, it's better for me to have it and like it and use it a little bit than it would be for me to, you know, have an extra, like an extra bit of money in my pocket. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh baseball cards and stuff like mm-hmm. it's not going to mean, you know, that rookie card is not going to mean as much to the person you sell it to than the person that, you know, pulled it out of the pack yeah. back 30 exactly. years ago. Yeah. And, and some of these people, I mean, like, I don't know, I, I've never been a collector in that regard. And it's funny. So I was just at the Red Sox game last week and uh, I was telling, I went with, I went to the Red Sox game with Eddie Vedder, got me through my second divorce. I was telling him, I was telling him this story. Once again, you know, you become a Patreon supporter. You get to go to public events with one of us. Yep. Um, Two of them this weekend. Yeah. So like when I was a kid, my, my dad gave my brother his baseball glove. Like when, when my, when my brother was a kid, we were young. Um, I was a lefty, so I, I couldn't use it obviously because uh, my father and my brother are right-handed and we're sitting there. We're still at the age where we would bring our gloves to the, to the baseball games. You don't know, try to catch a foul ball. I and, still do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy in front of us noticed my brother's glove. And he's like, Hey, he's like, can I take a look at that glove? And we were all like, sure. Like, I mean, he's not going to steal the glove. There's 35,000 people. Right. So he looked at it and he's like, Oh, like this is a whatever model, like whatever, whatever, whatever from like 1970 something or whatever. He's like, he's like, this glove is really valuable. And my dad and my brother were like, all right, like that's, that's really cool. Like we, I didn't really know that. And he's like, I'll give you $500 for it right now. And, 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 uh, my brother, I don't know. I don't remember whose decision it was. Obviously. Uh, I think it was my brother. My, it was like, it was like, no, like, I, I don't want to do that. It's mine. Like, I, you know, I'm not here to make a buck. I'm here to, you know, use, use the glove and, and enjoy wow. it. Yeah. This man like was just walking around with. So did you, you ever know, do any more research? I wonder how much the gloves actually no, worth. I didn't, I don't remember what model it was in front. And like, I don't even know what happened to it. I don't think my brother still has it anymore. I think it might've mm-hmm. gotten lost when we moved, which sucks, you know, but, um, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it was an item, you know, it's not, <laughs> but this guy was ready. And, and, and this yeah. was back, this was back in like, Oh three. So like, you know, if we're, if we're counting for inflation, 500, then was that like, probably like $800 now? Probably more. Well, he probably lowballed. He probably knew it was I'm worth sure he lowballed. Yeah, exactly. I say, so like, I don't know. It was worth a thousand. And... Yeah. But needless so... to say, I, I agree with my brother's decision to not sell the glove. Um, you know, some, some items are meant to be enjoyed. They're not meant to be, you know, stuck in a box. Um, I do too. And I, I am, I try my best to be, I wouldn't say a minimalist, but you know, I try not to be a pack rat. Yeah. Right. Like I try not to keep on everything, but it's so hard. One time I helped move a guy and, you know, we're going through stuff and I was like, you know, you're really going to move all this stuff. I was like, you want to get rid of this? It's a box of shirts, you know? 
Mm-hmm. He's like, every shirt has a story. And when you throw that shirt away, you forget the story. Something like that. And he's like, everything, like, it's so hard to throw away stuff that has stories. And, and honestly, like, you know, that shirt means nothing to, you know, 99.9%. Maybe there's like, you know, 10 of the people that were at that event that got that shirt or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, it'll never mean so much than the person that has it. And I, you know, I struggle, I struggle too. And I was like, I right, maybe well, this some, someday this could bring up some really good memories. And, and I don't know if I'm going to rob myself of like forgetting it, you know, not having right, it yeah. and, and sending it to away. An extent, like, right. You know, mm-hmm, of course. So it's interesting. Um, I do think that there's a lot of value in, in keeping some old, old stuff around. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also think like for the most part, like I, I try to like what I have, I try to have it because I use it. Same thing with clothing. Like every year I'm like, all right, like if I haven't worn this in the past year, like I, I, I don't think I need it anymore and I'll donate it away or give it away or whatever. Um, but, you know, back to the original conversation, um, man, I'll tell you, if I if I was a guitar guy, which I am not, if I, if I played, if I was good, if I played frequently and if I had the money, I would want this Kim Thiel guitar. So you, yeah, out of the three of those guitars, that's oh, the one you pick? I think that's, I think that was my I, question. I, I think I would pick the Kim because I already, I already have a Strat. Um, so, and I'm not particularly interested in Jerry's G and L. Um, but yeah. the, Kim, the Kim guitar dude, imagine like, the Kim is sweet. Imagine like, like being able to play, like searching with my good eye closed on, on Kim's guitar model. That would be, that would be really cool. That would be pretty damn cool. I don't have a Stratocaster, so like, I feel like maybe it's like the, I would well, There's a reason one. why that was the first electric guitar that I got, you know? Yeah. Um, I bought it off a of Craigslist and the guy gave me a discount because he's like, there's only a few of us lefties out here in the world. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you bet. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, man. That's I bought awesome. it back when I was in college. Like, I barely used it just because I'm yeah. not good at guitar. I live in a small apartment too. It's pain in the ass. Sometimes I plug in the app though and put the headphones in and just play into the headphones. That's the easiest way. Yeah, it'll get its use one day. Absolutely. When we have our if next not by day. you, somebody. Exactly. No, I, I will. I, I would like to eventually. You know. That's another thing too. On. Like, uh, what was I? What was I? I was looking at something or something or another, where you know you have an opportunity to kind of let your story live on through other people and you're like you know if it's going to get used i'd rather go to a good home like selling your family house right the one that you grew up in and like you want you almost like for some you know for a reason you're selling you're you're giving up ownership but you want to make sure that it goes to the right person all the time and it's so interesting because like once it's theirs they can do whatever they want with it but you have you always have like an ownership to it and like you like want like the house we live in my my grandfather built right my dad, my dad lived, have 50, lived there forever yeah like if if it came down to it and my and my dad was moving to another place and like none of his sons wanted to buy the house mm-hmm. i'm not sure what he i don't think i mean he wouldn't move out he's gonna i mean he, he's gonna live in this house until he until he passes right. away for sure yeah um but like you know it's so funny because yeah you you get so attached to something so simple mm-hmm. but it's important but- yeah, that's the same way. Like, like my my baseball gloves. Like, if either of my children, you know, if if, if my children end up being left-handed and taking interest in baseball, you got I gotta pass that on to them. You know, I've been I've been getting a lot of use out of these gloves though recently with my the softball the the rec league softball uh, escapades this year, man. But you know, I think that's one of the reasons. On. One of the reasons I don't I, I never really got into vinyl or mm-hmm. records and stuff is because like when when it kind of like started catching on back fifteen years ago or something. Everybody that was our age was like, 
I found all my dad's records, you know, they found my grandfather's records and he gave them all to me. And my dad, he didn't, he didn't keep any of his records. He does have a box of records, but they're none of the classic rock stuff that he is. Like I got, I got rid of all that. Right. So I didn't have like, I didn't start with a collection to kind of go through and be yeah. a part of and like try to like, you know, put myself in the shoes of like, oh, my dad listened to these back in the day, you know? Right. Um, Cause he got rid of them. So I feel like that, then I just didn't want to go back and, and start that whole process again. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind of stinks. It would be really cool to see like, yeah, if you had all of this stuff, cause I know he had a bunch, but yeah. Yeah. It's just like with the passage of time, you know, I mean, who, who nobody vinyl was obsolete, you know, it, was, it, it, it had lost the market share and now it's, you know, obviously it's steaming back. I think it's really cool. And I'm a big fan of purchasing physical, you know, physical copies of music from artists that I, that I value and that I really like. Um, yeah. and like, I, 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 I buy records, um, from musicians, but like, I don't really listen to them. Like, I don't have a good turntable. I don't have a good setup, but for me, it's just like, I support them and it's cool to own, you know, a physical copy of something, you know, the, yeah. that you care about a little bit. So I think it's important, especially with the way, you know, the music industry is trended with, with streaming and everything, obviously. I saw a really cool, Really should cool we post real quick should should we press should we press our episodes onto records that's an interesting idea Chris. We'll, take, never... we'll, we'll, we'll take our we'll take our best podcast episode and we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a limited edition pressing chris you could be on to something i don't think anybody's ever done that no i don't think so we're trendsetters but people naturally probably try to copy us after we do that you 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 maybe and I, I don't know if i don't know if you're serious or not and i don't know like how <laughs> i don't half, know if i'm serious or not. i don't know how half-baked that idea is but that's kind of cool i actually like to have like a spoken i mean it's literally like a it's like a audio it's like book. the record that they sent to outer space with blind willie johnson on it you know that, this will be our <laughs> artifact <laughs> that's hilarious that's a great idea um we should do something maybe on our last podcast when we like close it out, we'll yeah. get that one print pressed. Yeah. Drew's um, going to have to work extra hard for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I did, I saw something that it was some, some guy had sold. he like, yeah, I sold my VH, my old VHS player on eBay. Mm-hmm. And then like two weeks later I got this letter and it was a letter from like an 83 year old, um, I saw man this or, man or woman. I'm not sure which it was. And it was a thank you letter. Cause it was like, man, I'm, I'm getting emotional. You know, it's like, I was able to watch all the videos of my, you know, my wedding, my, you know, my son's birth or like all, all these like home videos that they had mm-hmm. no way to, to use and be able to watch them. And then this person like sold them just a, a usable VHS. And it was like unlocked a whole another level of, of, uh, yeah, nostalgia and just memories and, it was so cool. I mean, that, that stuff is just really, that's and really I love cool. that they took the time to write something back and, yeah, and that's be, special. yeah. And I like, yeah, man, I Dude, always, I always think of what I'll be remembering in, in 15, 20 years and stuff and what, what'll be important. So like yeah, I said, that like, summer night of softball that you just were a part of. Yeah, oh my God, dude. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm exhausted today and I, I don't want to do this podcast really because last night we had our, our rec league softball championship. We sucked last year, but you know, we, we made a couple of free agent acquisitions. Uh, and you know, we, this, this team that we're playing against has won the last like four or five years. Um, and they are, they're not the, uh, you know, not the nicest people, but it was the best, best, softball, best two baby. out of three. It was a best of three championship series. And last night we played softball for four hours consecutively we only made it through two games, so we have the decisive 
game three next week. I, we won the first game. They won the second game. Um, it was not for the faint of heart. It was like 90 degrees out there. I, I <laughs> the fainter of heart, Eddie Fainer, with with great respect to the king. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna get to it. But we'll yeah, get man, to like, that one. Don't worry. It's fun. Like I'll yeah. tell you, man. Like I I kept telling everybody that I played with. Like I've done like fairly high level athletics throughout my life. You know, different athletic pursuits that are difficult or at organized levels of of uh, you know, of importance. You know, um, but I'll tell you, man. It's so rec league softball is the most important one. Oh yeah. It is important. Oh, yeah. I lead off. I play first base. You know, you got to get on base. And you you got to, the fundamentals are, you know, and that's the thing, hitting ebbs and flows, right? But the one thing that you can always do, you can always play good defense. That's always up to you. So mm -hmm. that's what I pride myself on. But I'm hitting, I'm hitting like 750 on the year. Yeah, so I what's I your stats? I say you got some, I know you got You know, I've, you know, I've got the stats. I gotta, I gotta keep everything ready. It's been a really good year. So I, I changed my approach <laughs> from last year. Last year I was trying, you know, a lot of, you go, you want to hit the dingers, right? But I realized. Yeah. Line are king. We already have a few people who try to hit the dingers, right? And like, they'll hit like. They hit like 400 on the year, which in softball, in my opinion, is, is not that good. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like they'll hit 400, but they'll hit the dingers. But, you know, they're batting middle of the order. I bat leadoff. Like, I got to know my role. So this year, this year I batted 756, Ethan. I was 31 for 41 uh, at the dish. So I only made I only made 10 outs. There were only 10 times I didn't get on base. I walked once, which is very hard to do in softball because you just want to swing the whole time. I have a little, little plate discipline issue. <laughs> I, I like to swing. <laughs> Hey man, there's no other way. I remember there was a time. There was a time, yeah, we played some church softball, mm -hmm. and uh, I was I was a first pitch guy, you know. Yeah, it's, and, it's the best. Statistically speaking, it's the best pitch you'll see. Yeah, exactly. And that, and I I caught on to that, but I was missing, and I was like, mm -hmm. and I was popping out and doing something. And there was a time I was like, and, and and honestly, I was like, it's going by too fast, Ethan. Like, spend some time at the plate. I made myself like. I would, I made myself watch one or two pitches sometimes. Like oh, I would yeah. not swing just so I could have more time at the plate. Like I just wanted to be like, there's nothing worse when you get up there. It's 10 seconds and you're out or something. Yeah, and it's already over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Uh, I have the same vices, but, um, and I wish I was playing in the league, dude, come, come, come to, uh, come to Providence next week, play, play in the championship. We, we need it. And I did the same thing last night. Like I had a couple chances to, to get us back into the second game and the bases were loaded the last two times I came up and I, was, I first pitch swung both times and I just got under, I was driving the ball good in game one, but I think fatigue got in the way a little bit. And, uh, you know, sometimes that happens, but we, you know, the, the, the future is unwritten now and we, we can, you know, we can create legends in game three and, and win the title. So hopefully we're able to do that and, you know, honor, honor those that came, <laughs> that came before us in the, in the game of softball. Exactly. Um, speaking of that. <laughs> yeah. So this Saturday we meet, um, this, this holiday weekend, we had a, a golf tournament at our house. We have like a, a little course that we play. We play mm. my dad's been playing for 30 years, but uh, the people that come, you know, there's like a, we're part of my dad. There's a there's a big Mennonite area around here, and the Mennonites love playing softball and among other stuff. I mean, everybody <laughs> likes playing softball, but uh, I, I hope. <laughs> yeah, so we started talking, and the one guy just played a a, a fast pitch league in uh, Wisconsin, and they were he was talking about that, and he still plays. He's like, you know, in his fifties, but he's still playing, and. um yeah, they brought up one of the guys brought up uh, the king in his court, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Me and either. there's 
And and I and once I learned, I had to tell Chris about this. And there he is. If you're watching Eddie Fainer, Eddie Fainer could be the best athlete of all time. And I had no <laughs> idea about. It. He's definitely the best athlete you never heard of. Yeah. But this. So this legend that we have immersed ourselves in the last 24 hours, especially with Chris being in a championship game, <laughs> um, he was a pitcher, a slow pitch pitcher that like the lore behind his stats and his career, he played, he was born in 1925 and he played for like 65 years. Barnstorming and, across the country. Yeah. And they claimed he, you know, he traveled like 5 million miles and played all around. He played a total, he, he like struck out 140,000 uh, people, and like 290 perfect games, like 10, just 10,000 games played, 10,000 games played. <laughs> he averaged 1.4 games a day for like 10 years, just <laughs> like a myth, just an absolute myth of a person. And then there's some videos and, and like, what do you like, He's kind of like a, he's like a, a performer. So the king in his court was, he was the pitcher and he fielded three people, a pitcher, catcher, first baseman, and one fielder. And he said that he only, he wanted to do two, but then he thought it would be a problem if they both got on base and they didn't have anybody to hit. <laughs> so he had to field. So he had to get two other people. And uh, this guy was an absolute legend. He threw behind his back. The, one of my favorite, uh, you, probably, you probably saw it, uh, Chris, where he pitches, he pitches like through his legs. Maybe it's a normal, maybe it's a normal pitch. And then the, the guy throws it back to him and they throws it behind his back and picks yeah. off the first base, the first base. <laughs> oh, <runner. yeah. laughs> it's an absolute, it's absolute legend. And um, yeah, dude. So they, they would just play with four people and, and like, he struck out, like, you know, he struck out Roberto Clemente and <laughs> uh, Killebrew. He struck them all out. Yeah. Just and it, like my dad was explaining is like, when you're, when you're 50 feet away from the mound and this guy can throw, you know, a hundred, hundred and five miles, 112 an miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. 112. And then you can do the same exact motion. There's 70, like that's 40 mile an hour difference yeah. from that close to there's no shot. No, you can throw risers no and shot. you can throw sinkers. Like apparently it was just impossible. I mean, he's the best okay. athlete of all as, time. As the legend goes, one home run was hit on him in this whole career in all <laughs> just 10,000 games. Just one home run. I, I'd love to shake that man's hand who was able to take the great Eddie Fainer deep. Um, but additionally, Ethan, there's some lore as it relates to the Shalloway family and the king in his court. Oh, so, yeah. Allegedly, your father got a hit off of Eddie Fainer. Yeah. So we brought it up and both there's two people. So we traveled and played everybody. And, and like I said, it was a pretty hot, it was a hot spot here. And he came in and played my dad and he, he batted against him in the eighties. And he said, he got a hit. I said that Chris, I said that you didn't believe him. And he was like, you know, he gave me a face. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, can't believe Chris. <laughs> he's, <laughs> oh, no. he's like, he's like, I was a good hitter. He's like, hey, my dad, my dad was a, a softball legend. And, uh, he was like, I play. He played a lot. He, like I said, I told him your story about uh, how you played two games last night, and he's like, Oh yeah, I got a lot of memories of playing one too many games like a day, basically. Mm -hmm. and, but uh, yeah, apparently he got a hit. I mean, he said, you know, he was in his fifties or sixties and was not right. You know, he wasn't throwing the same thing that yeah, he was, or you know, just as well as dominant. But it does go to show that like underhand is way more natural than overhand yeah because well, <laughs> if you can pitch for 65 years ucl is out <laughs> yeah if you can pitch for that long and not be you know too injured and uh it's an right. incredible feat ethan do you know that eddie Fainer has an autobiography that we oh, can is read is it, is, is it time to assign 
reading to, to grunge bible i think so <laughs> we have to read from an orphan to a king the eddie fainer story <laughs> his his life oh man it's it is it is an awesome story i was listening to a little bit of that podcast he sent me too oh, yeah yeah pretty uh pretty awesome stuff and like yeah i just i i really do love and this this kind of goes with my sport kind of goes with like what we're doing the, the niche stuff in the world the ones that are like he said he was like you know he understands he was a pipsqueak in the sports world and then he basically was a champion nose blower which is an awesome you know thing to say and it's like oh yeah because you know and it's definitely lost its interest over the years in the past 30 like fast pitch softball because everybody's playing baseball or right slow pitch or, or whatever something else um but it's cool that um yeah you can be so good at something and you can make it I mean, you, he, he made it, he made it entertainment. He made it fun. He made a living off of it and he did so much and like made himself you know, just into cause a legend, just cause it's not what the people per se, like will pay you for or will want. I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of, well, of, so you got to look inward and you got to be doing stuff for the right reasons and you have to do it your way, you know? Yeah. I think, I think it's very honorable. I love the yeah, idea absolutely. to be a master of whatever craft you want to be. If you want to be the best, mm. you know, the best potter then do it, you know? And if you want to be the best, slow pitch softball fast pitch softball player like it's awesome because yeah. like you said how many people watched watched him and got into the game over the yeah, man it's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving and hopefully we can do that for other podcasters out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah all i want is to be able to walk down the street and have people say there goes the one of the greatest grunge podcasters who ever lived <laughs> oh wow people might be saying that chris People might be. I mean, we've been at it the longest, I think. I don't think there's any other grunge-centric podcasts out there. There's a few grunge-centric Instagram pages that have followed in our, our footsteps, but uh, so far we're the only podcast. If only they were, I mean, they're they're way behind us, but they are in, definitely, it's like when you follow your, you know, your parents' footsteps in the sand. They're stepping exactly where we stepped Yeah. five years later. There's some people out there, I think we got to talk about it, Chris. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we could talk about it. It's late in the episode, so only the it's purists late in the episode, are here. So exactly, only purists are here, and this is good stuff. Um, but there's another account. There's a few accounts, but there's one specifically that I don't know, man. It's like our echo. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Yes, it's like, well, it's... We, you post something, and then they post pretty much the exact same thing, and the caption is almost exactly they alike. Structure, yeah, they structure all the captions the same exact way too. And they asked for guidance uh, a long time ago. They asked about not getting not getting copyrighted or something. Yeah, and we gave them some advice, and they really took it and ran. And I'm not saying you know you know uh, to fl- you know it's flattery you know whatever uh, imitation is the you know the nice form of flattery or whatever. Right. But at some point, um, it's just too much. It's kind yeah. of, it's just, it just gets, it's under the skin right now for sure. Well, that's the thing. Like we it's haven't, like fire pub- ants. We, yeah, we haven't publicly feuded with anybody. We've, we've talked about it for a while. We've, we've bounced around some names internally as to who we should, who we should declare, you know, ourselves to be in conflict with, but th- this one feels right. Um, you, got, you got stuff ready too. 
Oh yeah, we've yeah we've got we've got some source material that's ready. You know, if we decide to to publicly air our grievances, well, I guess we're publicly airing them now, but it's a much more controlled environment. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. This is, a just, pri- this is a private conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I'm telling you all this in confidence. It's just one. Of, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like uh, I, I don't claim that anything that we do is or is original because we're not talking about our own art. Um, but it, I think what is original and, and it's definitely sincere because we're the ones doing it and i think we're sincere in our efforts is you know it's about the music um it's not about growing a following like i don't give a shit about that honestly um it's just about like having fun and trying to make people laugh or or smile or cry even whatever um you know but there's there's other people out there that are, that are doing what we do um not for the same reasons that we do what we do uh they're doing it because they they want to have a nice number next to their name because apparently that gives you a lot of validation um you know, but that, that's why, dude, like I, I, like I said, like, I don't like it when people in, in my real life know that I do this. So, so little know. And, yeah. uh, well, it was funny. Like I was, I was using my phone, uh, recently with like next to one of my friends, and I was scrolling through my notes app. Cause like I had to like make a note of something and I have a folder in there. That's it's just GB for grunge Bible. Right. Um, and they were like, what's GB. I was like, Oh, it's uh, it's great Britain. I, I like the country. <laughs> I just kept on going. I, I don't want them to know. <laughs> gravity bombs. It's exactly. all about gravity bombs. <laughs> exactly. George Blanda, the football player. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that, you know, I go back and forth, whether we should, you know, call, call certain people out on on you know the imitation game because you know then we give them an audience but um, exactly but then again like you know if they're we need to defend ourselves <laughs> exactly like we need to defend defend our point of view um i think it's worth defending so maybe we'll have to do that something may pop up pop yeah. up on the screen something will pop up so um yeah man well i'm excited to see you this weekend ethan yeah man i am too <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun. And like I said, we get to hang out with Eddie better, get got me through my second divorce. Absolutely. So he gets to, he gets to go to a concert with both of us. Yeah. It's going to be really good. Uh, and the best part, Ethan, now, like there's not really much between us and, uh, and the hang this weekend. Now that we've mailed in this podcast episode. You got that right. Yeah. You got that good. right. So what do you say we get out of here after we give some songs of the week? Oh yeah. I'm down. I feel like there's two people. There's there, well, you do have a song of the week already ready. Um, not really. <laughs> I okay, don't, I don't have one yet. Well, there's two people that I do want to bring up that I think that maybe a spot on the songs of the week could be. Are you asking me apt. to adopt one of yours? Then is that where you're? <laughs> I'm. I'm adopt one of these people to pick okay. a song from. Okay, all right. Because we had two. We had two people pass in the last oh, week yes. in the music okay. industry. Yeah, the great Jimmy Buffett and Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth, and uh, they both died um, around their family. You know, I think they both died peacefully. Mm-hmm. Jimmy was old. Um, Harwell had was a kidney failure, like really yeah, bad. I believe like, so. really, some some sort of affliction. It happened fast. Yeah, and uh, Smash Mouth. You know, say what you will. Uh, there's a lot of great songs from them, and uh, some some soundtracks that people love. A lot of fun summer stuff. And then you got the king, you got Jimmy Buffett, same thing. Yeah. Cheeseburger in paradise, you know, <laughs> five o'clock somewhere. I mean, just the, the feature I mean, on that. You've song, been yeah. you've been to a concert of Jimmy's I and saw you Jimmy know Buffett. you know the lore. I yeah, my God, dude. So it was right after I graduated college. Like it was like the last like 
couple of weeks where all my college friends were still around. Um, yeah, and I went to a Jimmy Buffett, Buffett concert in Des Moines, Iowa. I was, you know, I was amongst the parrot heads. We were like last row in the stadium. <laughs> I was with my buddy Wyatt. Um, and I'll tell you, it was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Like, I, and Jimmy Buffett's not bad. I, I would like to pick a Jimmy Buffett song for Song of the Week if you'll, if you'll take the yeah, Smash Mouth absolutely. angle. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So my, my Jimmy Buffett song is going to be a pirate looks at 40. Um, it's just an absolute classic ballad. Um, you know, it's just like an old, an old sailor, you know, you've sailed the seas for a long time and you know, you're just looking back a little bit. So, you know, it's always good to look back, but Jimmy Buffett, man, like I'll tell you like to, you know, a certain demographic of people out there, this, this one, this one hurt. This one hurt a lot of people when it when he passed away, but it did. You know, he was yeah. he was the guy. He was he was the he was the king of his court. You know, he was the king of of his of his area. Um, he was, and that's what he did. So seventy six years old, exactly, man. He invented it. Did you see? Uh, did you see Guy Fieri? He was like, um, he's like, without Margaritaville, there is no Flavor Town. <laughs> <laughs> He really said that. I, I don't remember if he said it or if one of my friends just made the joke. <laughs> but he was like, Margaritaville and Flavortown are sister cities. Margar Margaritaville paved the way for Flavortown to exist. That's an, that's just amazing, dude. Yeah. I love the internet. Like, but without it, without Grunge God Bible, here. there is no puddle of grunge fucking bullshit page. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably bleep that out. <laughs> I know. It's good. Okay. Um, so for my Smash Mouth song, you know, of course you got All Star and I'm a Believer, but I'm not going to put those on there because, you know, I want to put something else. So I think um, Walking on the Sun is a <laughs> Hell yeah. ep epic song and uh, it's, you know, one of their top songs as well. So people, you probably know it out there and uh, it's really fun to listen to. And, you know, it's sad. He was in his 50s. I think he was like 54 or something like that. Yeah, I think, yep. Or, and, uh, yeah, that is young. That is really young, especially to have such an abrupt finish to your life. So, mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, yeah, that's just weird. So those are the songs of the week. We're hanging on to the last days of summer. I think summer ends September 22nd, usually, right? Yeah. Is it the yeah, same every year? I think 21st, September 21st, 21st? or something. Um, is it the same yeah. every year or does it change? I think it's like, the same. Like the, it's cause it's about like the equinox yeah. stuff i yeah. thought maybe like i know because no, like the solstices not... are the same every year the seasons are the same every year well i don't believe i don't believe in groundhog day like the more weeks of well, winter bullshit well i know that like uh you know the 365 is not a perfect you know it's not a perfect measurement for how long it takes i didn't know if it changed uh, you know it doesn't matter yeah i think either way i think it's summer think it's is still here mostly the same it is it's very but that's why you have leap years and shit. well that's and that's why it's up, to us, it's up to us to push the sun back up in the sky and give ourselves one more day of summer exactly exactly yeah i guess um, i remember a teacher once told me you know every four years a leap year but like every every hundred years you skip that leap year but then every thousand years you actually have to have the leap year or so you know what i mean like it has to make up for the the few minutes I don't know, man. I'm glad, I'm glad there's people smarter than I who figure this whole thing out. I just get up in the morning, brush my teeth, and, and get out the door, you know? Have <laughs> that's, a all I got, that's all I got to do, yeah. yeah. It's pretty simple around here. But yeah, let's push up the sun more, yeah, one man. more night. Let's fucking One more do summer it. night. All right, guys. Thank you again for listening. Uh, please like and subscribe and leave a review. Doesn't matter, good or bad. We, we'll take it. We will uh, read but it. But it helps, it helps the podcast get into the ears of other people. 
And um, we think that's pretty cool. So please consider doing that, becoming a patron, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Rock and peace.